Hello everyone and welcome back to It's a Teen Thing. In today's episode for this of this podcast, I'm talking with my older brother about why it's important to lean into adversity. So to put ourselves into those unpleasant situations that are unfamiliar and those situations that make us feel uncomfortable. Hope you guys can take something away from this episode and start being courageous in your life and like know that there are lessons to be learnt in life. Let's get started. Okay. So yeah, we're going to start off, I always do this with each guest because I've had so many. <laughs> what is your favourite food? My favourite food is going to be burgers. Burger Fuel is the best burgers out there and I get the the Roadster or the Burnout. That's not chicken, on it? That is a chicken on Burnout. I always, no, the Roadster and the Bastard. That's what I get. Those are the best. The beef so ones. none, oh yeah, none chicken. None of the chicken ones. Uh, chicken burgers are duds. You know, they're duds. boring. Duds. I, love, I love the tastiness of, you know, the red meat. Wait, what did you say, Rose? Oh, yeah. Rose is probably the most popular burger that we have. Yeah, I love the onions. I love onions and burgers. New adversity. So we're talking about our little stories that we've got from each other and we'll just be bouncing off from one another. Hoping that you guys will learn and take some well, takeaways from this. So, do you want to introduce yourself? Sweet. So, my name, my, my name, <laughs> my name is Marlon Salerio. Um, I am the oldest son of a Filipino immigrant family. Uh, when I was two years old, my father looked for better opportunities and escaped the homeland and left us in the Philippines to um, for greener pastures. So he went to Papua New Guinea first and then ultimately came to New Zealand, saved up enough money. And when I was five years old, he took um, my mother, my younger sister, you, um, and my and me over to New Zealand. <laughs> Vince didn't uh, exist. <laughs> I spent all of my schooling years in Taupo. Um, and during that time, our younger brother, Vince, was born. Uh, when I was 20 years old, I moved up to Auckland to study a bachelor's in performing arts and screen and theater acting. Um, the student life got the best of me. In my first two years, I put on uh, 20 kgs. So um, I got pretty big and pretty unhealthy. Mm. Alcohol and KFC was pretty much my diet. The butt uh, joy. In my final year, I started to get into health and fitness, you know, because I had an intervention. I had to get healthy again. Um, as soon as I graduated from my bachelor's, I went straight into um, a personal training course because I fell in love with, uh, you know, getting fit and healthy. And eventually I lost all the 20 kgs um, that I had put on during my study. Um, as soon as I graduated from the PT course, I started contracting my personal training out to the best gym in New Zealand, if not Australasia. Um, and I've been personal training and I've been a lifestyle transformation coach for the last four years. And here I am. Um, most of my, 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 the majority of my clientele are high performing individuals. So you can find those types of people in all fields. Um, I've got students, CEOs, directors, uh, leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, dads, athletes. Um, but the main thing that makes all these people consistent is that they have a strong sense of responsibility and, uh, high value of wanting to achieve things. Um, and also what's consistent between them is that the stress 
and they're eating too much, yes. but moving too little. Um, and that's where I come in and help balance out that lifestyle and help them continue and um, continue to excel in their high-performing habits, but also use uh, educated nutrition and movement and ingrained new habits to help them excel even further in um, you know, their chosen fields and lifestyles. Well, with that, with just your job and that, you must listen to a lot of stories from heaps. Yeah, all heaps. your clients. Yeah, I listen to heaps of stories. And I think that that's, that's one of the biggest factors why I love what I do so much is that, you know, I've got a certain, um, I've got some certain skills, but the, the challenge is communicating the same set of skills to, let's say, a hundred different people. And like, every single people is completely different right yeah so you can't communicate it the same way as you communicate it to to this guy you can't communicate it the same way that you did to this girl you know it's always yeah. different so and everyone comes from a different story or a different experience or different pain points so um yeah i find communication is the most valuable skill that you can uh really you know practice and obtain in this field Storytelling is literally so powerful that people don't realize. Mm, yeah, storytelling is extremely powerful. And um, and with yeah. your job, like you must hear a lot of different stories where, well, even them coming into that's facing adversity, they're coming to the terms of they need help. So how, yeah. do, you, how do you deal with that with their initial, what, when they first come to you? Well, that's the thing. People, people when they first come, they've already gone through their intervention or they've already to come face to face with their pain point right yeah and they've come to realize that hey look i cannot do this by myself otherwise i wouldn't be in this position in the first place yeah so yeah when people when i see people for their initial consultation um you know most of it is them just talking and me helping them uncover and understand why we're meeting on, on this table in the first place why are we having this conversation what is it that you want to achieve and why do you want to achieve it? That's the thing is um, pain points are so powerful and that a lot of people don't actually know that, that what they do is due to their pain. So why, in starting with this, like how, why do you think people are scared of facing adversity, facing the unpleasant situations in life? It takes a lot of courage. It yeah. takes a lot of courage, you know. Um, when people face adversity, um, it's mainly because, you know, it's generally because it's a situation that they've never had to face before, right? Yeah, it's Otherwise, not familiar. Yeah, it's uncharted waters, right? Um, and our mind is designed for us to stay in the comfort zone. Yeah. So something that is uncomfortable that comes up, we go into this flight or fight mode, right? Our, our survival, our human instincts kicks in. Um, and that's scary. And, you know, and for the most part, we just we haven't practiced the courage to to tackle to tackle hard things like that. No, and um, you're right. Like with the whole flight and flight mode, it's about allowing what emotions you want to take over, whether it's going to be fear or whether it's excitement of the unknown. And I feel like that's what people struggle with a lot. Mm. Like, and then I also think about it's all from childhood. Like you yeah. know how we say like we are both like immigrants because dad dad. So we're saying that Dad moved here from Philippines. And just from that, we faced a lot coming into New Zealand. And in our childhood has really shaped who we've become today. 
Like we're both in the field of like health and helping others. Mm. If you think about that. So I want to dig into school. What are your thoughts about adversity in school? How that has shaped who you become today? Man, this is uh, adversity in school is something that even as me right now, almost 28 years old, I'm still unpackaging. Mm. And the main the main theme that comes from that is you're right. It's that immigrant. It's an immigrant, um, you know, upbringing. It's trying to find a place of belonging in an environment where you clearly are not from. Yeah. You know, you're trying to find things that are familiar to you, but your home life is completely different to the life at school, completely different to your friends. Like, yeah. we didn't grow up with other Filipino friends, right? And the ones that we did, they left us when we were real young, right? Real young. So we spent a large majority of our upbringing being friends, like, with, you know, with the Modis, the Islanders, the Europeans, who yeah. not really the Filipinos, right? So it was, like, hard to be relatable in any situation. Hard, yeah. Hard, hard to be relatable, but also... Accepted. Accepted, but you... And, and when I talk about my experience, I didn't even know that that's what I was looking for. Mm. You know, I ended up just trying to mold into into um, what my friends were. Yeah. You know, what they... What their environment was. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I spent, like, a large majority of my time, even in my early 20s, um, not admitting that I was Filipino. You know, I didn't want to tell people that I was Asian. I even, you know, changed my name to Maui for a long time. And I'm still called that to this very day. I don't have it. That is but... so, wait, that is so interesting because it took me ages as well to actually tell people, oh, I'm Asian. You know, like when we would do the like exams in primary and it would be like, tick your ethnicity. I would be like, ooh, no one look what I'm ticking. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't ever like, and then when people be like, who's Asian or whatever, Asian things come up, I'm just like, nope, not me. Don't look at me. It's, isn't that interesting that you're, you know, and um, yeah, it's... And that does come with the fact that we didn't grow up with many Filipinos around us. Except yeah, for mine. that far away from home. Yeah. From what, you know, from what home actually was for us. But um, yeah. Um, and it comes... It's so important to embrace, embrace that authenticity because... Yeah. To cut off a certain, uh, well, a huge part of who you are means that you're cutting off exactly that. You're cutting off your authenticity. Yeah. A big eye of who you are. Your identity, is, basically. Yeah, it's being cut off, you know? So how can you show up to, to the world when you're ashamed of who you are? Yeah. And, like, I found myself now, I am definitely more accepting and more out there about being Asian and Filipino. Yeah. And what's what made what was your trigger point to start accepting that for yourself? I think mine was just growing up and like seeing our traditions and like growing up and actually seeing the bigger picture of like where we've come from and why is it so special and like mm. moving away from home. But like something with high school or with our school, I reckon what's a big thing about our adversity was that is that our perspective our perspectives need to change. Like we're coming from a Catholic school, I think, which is was lucky is that there was lots of different ethnicities in there, like lots of different races. We were surrounded by yeah. islanders. Yeah. Which like they're already a uh, like they're, they're the not closest thing for us, right? Yeah. They're not they weren't your Caucasian. And I think that's the thing is that we're actually lucky to be surrounded by them. And that our Catholic yeah. school like if you look at some Catholic schools now, they're surrounded by like 
wealthy, privileged people kind of thing. Like, do you see that in some schools? We wouldn't have fitted in there. We would have struggled so much harder. Exactly. We didn't come from a wealthy family. We, you know, we were privileged in the point that we didn't, that we escaped the homeland and got better opportunities, but in no way means we and equally privileged as uh, yeah. the people that resided here. Uh, it's, it's an, like, I also want to add, like, my trigger point as well was because in Taupo, we didn't have any uh, relatable Filipinos to grow up with. But when I came to Auckland, I started meeting heaps of Filipinos. Oh, yeah. And I, like, I, I met people that I could talk to. I was like, whoa, your parents do that too? Whoa, yeah. you see that as well? You know, I started to connect things together that, I, well, I thought that we were that you and I were alone in. Yeah. And then that's why I started to like, you know, bring this sense of pride that I'm like, yo, what I'm feeling is validated. I'm not the only one. I can share yeah. these stories with other people. And I, I'm so thankful that, you know, I, I became a part of um a, a theater company, shout out to Proud Proudly Asian Theater, who <laughs> who, you know, gave me the opportunity to meet meet other Asians who I could relate and um, connect with. That just and shows the power of storytelling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it, and I'm still uncovering new things about that, you know, because years and years of shame just isn't unpackaged overnight. You no. Know? You got to keep um, tripping yourself up on those negative thoughts on, or on those thoughts that hold you back. Yeah, and you always have to wonder why. Why are these holding you back and where is the core? Where is that coming from? Yeah. It's always and coming from something. That's where the courage gets gets instilled, right? That's when you yeah. want to encourage yourself to be courageous because it's easy to be like, you know what? I don't care. I don't want to think about that. Like, I'm, I don't want, I'm sweet to be ashamed. You yeah. Don't care. I'm not ashamed. You're ashamed. You yeah. And, um, you know, uh, front up this facade that it doesn't bother you. Like you need to be you know? vulnerable. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, it takes so much courage to be vulnerable, not only to other people, but like to yourself. Yeah. I think that's a, a lot of people definitely struggle with that. Like, I never even thought about that since probably after going to uni and studying psychology. Mm. The importance of being vulnerable and really digging deep into why who you are as a person like whether it comes with nature or nurture mm. i definitely think nurture childhood is super important like super important and i think um you know bless bless these parents are only just doing the best that they can you know and i'm sure they have things that they haven't unpackaged yes. and self-aware about so they're only doing the best they can but yeah. in hindsight now, when I look at it, your childhood is such a fundamental thing on the beliefs that you construct that will carry on into your adulthood. Yes. You know, parent, being a parent, there's a, ma there's a major responsibility for that, you know? Yep. But also understand, like, you're just doing the best you can. Yeah. And it shows, like, with entitled children, or, like, that shows why some people might lean into adversity more than others because if you've been handed everything in your whole life since childhood, why would you expect to like, like you would expect that to continue into adulthood? Yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I'm glad you brought that up because in, in a, in a way, I think um, we grew up in an extremely privileged 
uh, family, you know? Yeah. Um, and in relation to our family back in the Philippines, right? Yeah. And even other families here still, right? Our parents did the best that they could to give us all the best opportunities. For example, leaving everything that they knew in the Philippines to even family. That is huge. Left everything that they knew. Ma didn't even know how to speak English. And yet she was like, you know what? For my children, I'm going to make the sacrifice. Yeah. Right? And once they moved us here, they always made sure there was food on the table. You know? Yeah. That humble upbringing. You know, Ma worked at McDonald's. She was working three different jobs. Right? And you think about it. Did you realize that we had no chores when we were at home? We had no chores. (laughs) It's weird for me to even do the dishes at home. I think that's the, why you can't do that. We came, we came up from an extremely privileged um, family, for sure, yeah. for sure. And and that was something that I struggled with uh, when I moved out of home from 20 right up to 28 was that I had to, like, rely on myself for things, you know? Yeah. And I had to tell myself, you know what, I can't ask for my parents for help because there are lessons to be taught for me to, to, to tackle this adversity, to find these challenges, you know? Yeah. But it took me so long to gain up that courage and awareness because I was just so used to my and dad doing it for us. For me. Literally, even like your car all the time. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Just open that up to the podcast. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is the thing. Moving away from home is always unpleasant. And I definitely dreaded the day when I had to move from home. I don't know if you did, but I love being home. And then the thing was, like, for three years, being at uni, I went home every weekend. Yeah, I could. My, first, my first year of uni, I went home every weekend. Yeah, and I thought yeah. it was just because I just didn't, oh, it was because I didn't want to be up in Hamilton by myself, even though all my best friends were up here. But I yeah. was like, no, like, man, I took my washing home and stuff. Yeah. Every weekend for three yeah. years, which is so wild, right. thinking back on it, to where yeah. I am now, which... I go home like once a month. Yeah. And we're trying to find that, you know, independence, you know, and leaning into the adversity that you've got to go out and fight your own battles. And that's, yeah. an, and that's, that's, that's an important thing to, to know because, and that's why you should lean into adversity because ultimately you're going to need to fight your own battles because bottom line, your parents are going to die. Yeah. And then what? Parents are going to die. Where are you go- and you know and I think there's this just this huge sense of fulfillment and purpose when you're able to contribute something to your to the table by yourself. Yeah, right? that's the thing. People that do that stuff, you feel more like if you're disempowered, you're gonna feel unhappy, and then you get into like a state of depression and stuff. Whereas if you happy, like you're doing things for yourself, you're always gonna feel good. It's always gonna release those chemicals that make you feel good about yourself. And it's, that's tough with people who fall into the, like, unhappy spiral, yeah. how to get back up. But then yeah. that's when perspective is such an important thing, because you see it, like, you're at your rock bottom, how can I get up? Adversity is a great measurement on where you are at as a person, where you are at in your self-awareness, that is you know, being able to come face to face with a challenge yeah, and lets you know exactly, yeah, where you stand and what needs to be taught, you know, self-taught for yourself. 
if you didn't have any challenges, if you didn't have any adversity, you what what would what would life look like? Do you think? You know, you just no one would be their true. Everyone would be the same. I feel no one would be their true selves. Yeah, it, it'll be it a would, lie. Yeah, there would be no there would be no color. It would just be a plain. But I think I I just want to dig deeper into perspective. Like, how do you think people? What helps people change perspectives or see that there is the positive side to things? You know, like I think that's what people struggle with a lot. Yeah, I think um, well, the practical. I think the practical way of gaining perspective is asking yourself is is taking yourself out of the situation. Yeah. And looking at it in a third person view. The most easiest way for you to do that is if, let's say you have a situation and let's say it's it's a relationship. It's you and your boyfriend and you're in the situation, right? And you're not sure whether you want to leave them or not. Yeah. That, it's, it's so hard to gain perspective when you're in the game. Yeah. So you've got to take yourself out of the game, take a seat on the stands and have a look at it from a third person view. So instead of saying, it's me and my boyfriend. It's this. It's my friend and her boyfriend. If I was, if I could give my friend and their boyfriend in the same situation some advice, what would I give them? And ultimately, you have this, an answer. Yeah. That is how you gain perspective. Yeah. You take yourself out of the situation. And that's the thing. You have to take the emotion out as well. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think. Um, yeah. If you if you would it, it goes back to the saying that my coach uh, said to me. She said, "If you wouldn't say it to a friend, don't say it to yourself." And that's in a context of self esteem, but mm -hmm. also you can you can reflect that back to gain perspective. If you if you could see yourself as your friend, what would you say to yourself? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and the the struggle with acceptance and understanding is again, it's that, it's that looking into the future, that feel that that fear of failure, that fear of the unknown, unknown, the fear of being vulnerable, the yeah. fear of it not going right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's with a lot of people at their life stages. I feel like, especially in this, like talking to teenagers. The fear of what's going to come in the future. What happens if I don't go to college or uni? What happens if this relationship doesn't work? Friendships break? I think, what would be your biggest takeaway? Like, what would your biggest advice to those people? Um, Mine would be definitely just take it day by day. And really just take... Like, what do you want? Ask yourself what you actually want in life. Mm. Yeah, or not even, uh, yeah. I like what you just said. And no, not even what do you want in life. What do you want out of today? Yeah. You know, just ask yourself, what do you want out of today? And ultimately, you'll start to figure things out. Like, what do I stand for? What are my values? What do I want to surround myself with? Because it's easy to just mold to the environment at that age. Because that's, and I had full experience of that. I just tried more so to be cool than mm. I was myself. And a consequence of that was denying my ethnicity and my race and yeah. hiding a huge part of 
myself away from my my high school time. Do you find that because looking back at it, I feel like you're in the cool group in primary and in the cool group in high school. Mm. Do you feel like you weren't yourself then? Certain pockets and aspects I was myself, but there were things that I was definitely hiding and weren't willing to be vulnerable for. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I tried to be tough in high school. Yeah. I tried. I tried to be a warrior. I remember when, you. My heart. My heart is a lover. <laughs> yeah, and I remember you would get into fights and stuff. And always... I would get into fights because I wanted the respect. You know, I wanted the respect. I was also what, like, just I was five foot four. I was. I was one of the short ones in high school. You're so still was... five foot four. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I started like muscle building and stuff like that because I thought that in order for me to gain respect. Because I didn't have the height. Yeah, to be big. Yeah, so I was like, I, well, I can't beat you guys in height, but I'm going to beat you guys in width and in thickness, you know? And now I'm going to get that respect. And I got it in some senses, in some in some pockets, but not enough to feel fulfilled. No. And that's when I realized, I was like, yo, the issue is not being taller or being wider. The issue is in here and in yeah. here. This is the thing, eh? People think high school is all about popularity. Well, it's tough because we're social beings, right? Yeah. And when you're when you're in high school, you're trying to find that you know. I think. Listen, I think the fundamental thing about being human is that we just want to be valued, loved, and we want to belong. Yeah. Those are the fundamental things about being a human. A hundred percent belonging. Yeah, and you can't you 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 know you can't help that, especially when you're trying to find your way when you're a high school kid. You can't, you can't help but want that. Um, yeah. It's just, we just, at that time, we just don't have that self-awareness and yeah. that anchor that grounds us at that time. Because no one wants to be the outlier, the one that's on the outside as well, trying to, like, everyone's always trying to fit into something. But it's not mm-hmm. until you grow out of that and actually see it, it it's not the biggest issue. But yeah, I think it's a tough thing is in high school, we don't get taught life skills proper life skills we had life skills of what i hated my life skills class exactly because it was nothing it was nothing like I this remember my life skills class that's how uneventful it was or you know it, didn't, it, didn't it was come. a study break yeah you're right i remember actually one class we watched tupac and i remember that because that was because he talked about tupac's story right oh but you know I, I wish that they had talked about psychology you know just basic psychology you know asked us questions on being able to reflect being able to journal yes reflection yeah asking ourselves questions about ourselves um yeah because that's where the identity crisis happens as well it's just in high school you're just like who am i and then you come out and you got to go to uni or you got to go move out of home and it's just like and that's where a lot of people fall into that deep like depression or they feel unvaluable because they don't know who they are because in yeah, high they, school they can't just think right they just yeah. listen to the opinion a lot of and like again including myself um listen to the opinions of other people and what society wants out of them and they just rolled with that momentum yeah exactly never, up un- asking, never actually asking ourselves do i actually want to do this yeah up until year 13 
Yeah. You're literally, yeah, you're right. You're rolling with that momentum and then all of a sudden it stops and then you start deciding what you actually want to do. And then it's like, I have no idea because I've been trying to prove myself to all my peers and all my teachers and stuff, whether it's what you want or not. And that, and I think a lot of people can relate that the big intervention for them with their with that identity crisis that you're talking about is when everyone's friends go to uni and you're left there when, and all your friends are gone and you're still there and you're like, holy shit, who am I? Yeah. But you've got less things talking in your ear now. You're by yourself. It's the same with the self-isolation thing that's happening. You know, yeah. people are not confronted with their own thoughts. They don't have all the their attention being pulled to different places. Yeah. You know? They're not asking themselves, shit, the attention is now on me. What do I actually want? That's the thing, eh? And that's what people don't like as well. It's, that's unfamiliar. It's so unfamiliar to be thinking about yourself these days. It is because there's just so many things to distract us. Yeah. Right? Lots there's of distractions. Many advertisements, um, so many stimulants. Social media is one of them. Our attention is pulled in so many directions apart from ourselves. Social media is an interesting one because, like, every time we'd have spare time, it would just be scrolling. But now we're in self-isolation. We've scrolled for so long. We're over it. And then now, yeah, you're right. We're bringing the attention back to us as people. I think that's why I wanted to re, like, vamp this podcast and, like, use this time to actually get proper content on. Because in the yeah. beginning, it was just like, get it out, get it out. But now it's like, I know what I, kind of, what I want with this. Yeah. And where it's going. And I've yeah. got so much time to put all my energy into it. Instead yeah, of it I, being just a side hustle. Yeah, I agree. And I, that, I, to be honest, I'm absolutely loving this isolation phase. Because, of course, after I tackled through the anxiety and uncertainty, I realized that, yo, I've actually got so much time to to do the things that I've been putting off. And a yes. lot of those things were things that were really close to my heart and what came to me naturally, like just being creative, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was, it's been so fulfilling. Yeah. It's been so fulfilling. And that's the thing. How did you get over the whole anxiety of this whole isolation thing? Because you were, time. you were a panic. Yeah, I, I, I did panic. Um, I gave myself a whole week off. I did exactly what we just talked about. I took myself out of because I was I was anxious about work. Yeah. I was anxious about draining my savings. Oh yeah. You know, I was anxious about what the future was gonna look like. So we did exactly what we just talked about. I took myself out of the work equation, finance equation, the whole equation. And I just rested. I slept. I watched Netflix. I did things that were completely outside of my normal routine. And by yep. the seventh day on the Sunday, I got clarity. Mm. I knew exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of the three weeks. I looked at myself in a third person. And yeah, I figured out what I wanted to do. And that's when I got my grounding, my groundedness. Was that before isolation? It was, no, it was in isolation. Oh, I first, yeah. So you yeah. stopped panicking. So I, started, I only really started work on Monday last week because we're in our second week now, aren't we? Was today Sunday? Yeah, end of our second week. Yeah, end of our second week. Yeah, so I started I started work again Monday. Um, and this week has gone so fast. It has. Yeah, because I've just taken action on the things that became clear to me and those were things that I had been putting off. 
I find it so interesting how people face things. Like for me, I don't actually, I don't really find myself taking myself out of the situation a lot. I always just think, I'm in it now. What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. Or I'm like, it's whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. I'll just deal with it when it comes. I like, I like deals with things as it comes to me instead of stressing or worrying about it yeah. at all. Like with this whole isolation thing, I don't, I don't even freaked out at all until you called me. That's good. That's good that you just, you know, you, you chilled, you chilled about it. Yeah. It's funny because from, from all the way from high school, right up until I was 25, I was the same. I was extremely intuitive. Um, and I just took things for the moment. Right. Yeah. I just did things because they felt good. I was impulsive. Yeah. And after so long, you, you, you just keep producing the same results that way. Yeah. And I got up to 25. I was like, Oh man, like it's been fun, but I'm looking to get different results. Right. And one of the biggest catalysts of that was my relationship. I just, my relationships, you know, I, I, I really like these girls, but my relationships just kept ending the same way. Mm. And I, if I really want to build a, a, a meaningful connection with someone, clearly things have got to change. Yeah. Especially if they're know, all finishing the same, the same way, right? Yeah. And that, that quote comes to mind. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to, that's when the self-development journey really started. You know, it really kicked off. I, I reflected on the things that I've always done and then strategized on things that I need to implement into my lifestyle and into my life to get new results. Yeah. And instead of being always impulsive, I needed to train my mind to be more strategic. Mm. Yeah. That yeah. is interesting. Hmm. As being strategic, being logical doesn't come naturally to me. No, no, it does not come naturally to me at all. Yeah, I'm more intuitive. I'm more vibe. I feel things. Yeah. You know, I never really used to think. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Also, I just wanted to add as well. Yeah. Everything that you want in your lifestyle is on the other side of the adversity that you're shying away from. Yeah. Greatest lessons come at the greatest cost. Yeah. And sometimes the cost is grief. Sometimes the cost is time. Sometimes it's energy. Sometimes it's friends. Sometimes it's the opinions of other people. Sometimes it's your beliefs. Whatever the cost, you're rewarded with the greatest lesson. So true. And that always comes down, that's when you have to decide whether you want to be fearful or courageous in that situation. Yes, yes. And both both are okay. It's okay to be yes. fearful. It's okay to be courageous. But the main thing is that you've got to be aware which one you're at. Yeah. And make a decision of that. You know? Yeah. Don't, don't just flow with the momentum of what you're used to. Be aware of it. Yeah. Familiar, how do you say that word? Familiar? Familiarity. Is what is going to, that what's what gets you stuck, really. Yeah. yeah. That's what people need to break out of. Yeah. Which is definitely scary. Super scary. Super scary. That's why I'm so empathetic towards it. 
and there are things that I'm still super scared of, and I know that I've been putting over on the side, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'll, I'll tackle that adversity later, you know? Yeah. But, but at least you you're aware of it. You know it. The most biggest adversity mountain right now. Just stick with, like, make start making your bed every day. Yeah. Start folding your clothes as soon as it's dried. All of these little no, things. Little things. Small micro changes win the day. And that's the end of another episode. Absolutely thankful for you guys listening to my potty. Follow as a team thing on the gram. And I'll see you on the next one. Yeah, yeah.